Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. I'm excited to be attending and recording shows at Rainmaker 2016. You can join keynote speaker Gary Vanderchuk along with modern revenue leaders at the only conference dedicated to the sales development industry, March 7th and 9th in Atlanta. Get tickets now to receive cutting-edge sales content from thought leaders, learn best practices during breakout sessions, and come network with the world's top sales influencers. If you use the promo code BTFS and the number 30, you'll get 30% off. More information is on the show website at buildingthefutureshow.com. I'm also going to be at the Business Rocks Tech, Music, and Investment Summit recording shows live in Manchester, England, April 21st and 22nd, where Steve Wozniak is headlining. More information about the summit is on the show website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Marco Kamazani Kalazeri. He's an entrepreneur, author, mentor, and CEO at Megashouts.org. Marco, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be with you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I love talking to people all, all across the globe and, and whatnot, but maybe kind of before we get into what you're doing, maybe let's cover kind of your background and, and where you grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was born in Milan and oh, wow. Italy. Uh, now I've moved to London and I've lived here for seven years now. Okay. And uh, well, at the age of, so I, I've spent most of my life in, in Milan. Okay. And, uh, and at the age of eight, I had the passion of electronics, you know, with my soldiers, with my circuit, very young because I liked, I was attracted because my grand. Um, grandfather was an engineer, an electronic engineer, and uh, he transferred to me all this passion. Oh, very cool. And um, finally, when I was uh, 10, 11, and it was the 1981, so I've, I've, I was born in, in the 1969, okay. um, I had a meeting with my first computer. It was a Commodore C64. Sure. And uh, or the big 20, actually. <laughs> and, uh, I have started programming it because at the beginning, at that age, it was just a um, game console. It was, um, it was just, just that, you know, for most of the people, because most of people now at my age had uh, the Commodore 64, but it was just um, a game console. Sure. But it was possible to be programmed. And uh, I was very attracted by programming and not by the games. And uh, nowadays as well, I'm not uh, attracted by video games. In fact, I have a 13, 12 years old son that is always on video games and uh, I, I don't play with him because <laughs> I don't like it. I like to, you know, to program a machine and do make, you know, them make transforming it, hacking it in some way. Sure. And, um, and that was the beginning of everything. Sure. So do you still program just out of curiosity? Well, I've been a programmer for a few years, uh, till 15 years ago. Okay. Uh, uh, it was uh, my job. It was my work. But okay. I don't program anymore. Anyway, I have still, of course, some knowledge. But, uh, and th that's important because with that knowledge, you can um, have a good relationship with technicians, with programmers, when you want a product, even if 
you are in communication and you have a different approach, a marketing approach, but you must speak that language as well. So if somebody says, well, to change that comma in a point, we need two days of programming. I say, come on, it doesn't work like that. Maybe with some JavaScript, you can make a routine. Yes, but it's not a proper way. Yes, come on, but maybe that's the best way to put it online in a few minutes, and then you can change it more radically later, and I can speak the same language. That's very important for, sure. for you. No, no, that's awesome. So I'm curious, did you go to university then? Yes, um, I studied uh, at the beginning at the scientific college. It's a kind of Italian way to have a scientific college, very classic college okay. with mathematics and whatever. And then computer science in university. But it was many years ago. And at that age, um, especially in Italy, schools was different. So computer science and informatics was something very technical, maybe with COBOL and other programming languages like that. Right. I was very attractive, attracted with you know, uh, new languages, new way to communicate, because I like the communication. So my, um, I wasn't a good student, <laughs> just, because, <laughs> just because I was so attracted of something that wasn't still there at, at that age. Because in, in my, I was in, in, the, in, in the middle of being a nerd with, you know, the glasses and whatever, and being um, a very communication guy with a little bit of success with, with girls, of course, at that age was very important. And it wasn't <laughs> easy because I had two different kind of friends. So the friends of, you know, of the parties and uh, typical things that you can do at the age of 14, 18. And on the other hand, I had these kind of friends Everybody on computer programming, very nerd, geeky, and that was my two. And they didn't find, you know, any connection between them. It wasn't easy to combine, no, that, that tech sure. and communication. I didn't, I didn't know that it was communication. No, at that age, I didn't realize that I call it communication now. But at that age, it wasn't so clear to me. Now that what was my objective was wasn't clear but then finally in uh, about 1993 in that age when the first internet commercial offers came up into the market uh, in in europe and in italy as well uh, well and everybody of course started using the internet and uh, just before from the 1990 to the 1993 i've started with the first uh, bbs connecting with them and uh, chatting and doing things in a kind of, you know, in a kind of a fidonet. It was a way to connect all the BBS. It was a great connection. It was my life. I found my way because I found a perfect connection between communication and technology. And uh, in fact, in 1994, around that age, that, that years, I've started my first job. You know, okay. I ended up working with this very famous Italian media entrepreneur, of radio owner, his name was Claudio Cecchetto, very famous in Italy in that age. And um, I started working with him, working with him, and uh, I had the opportunity, he was a genius now, considered the genius in Italy because he's a very creative person with, a, with, with the power to do the things, the money to do the sure. things. And, so um, how did you connect with him? Well, uh, it was um, that the friends of a friend, okay. nothing, nothing more than this. And uh, just, but it wasn't easy to find somebody working in the internet at that time. Ah, right. 
Uh, it was on the, you know, the Minitel. It was a kind of technology provided by telcos in France and in Italy. It was like a mini Mac computer. It was like something like a Macintosh. The, the look and was like a Macintosh. It was a tool provided by telecom. And uh, it was a way to uh, use the internet and be connected like a BBS, but was provided by these local telcos. And it was interesting. He was interested in that. And he said, wow, now I have found the internet and I'm not, nobody that can do something on the internet. Can we do this thing together? And the, 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 the idea, his idea, was to create a kind of social network. It, it, he didn't know that was the name, you know. It was sure. like a community, something like this online. We create, I've created in, uh, in Perl, I remember, you know. the Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Name, uh, with the first browser, Netscape. And uh, no, before it was... Um, not over it was oh, oh. I know I know what you're talking about. The name escapes me right now, but yeah, I know exactly. what you're talking about. To me as well. Anyway, <laughs> and, uh, with that first browser and then with Netscape and uh, with the potentiality, of course, of the new features that day by day came up uh, with HTML, with the Perl and whatever, I've created this kind of social network with a, a virtual currency inside. And it was very strange because people can chat. It was like, I don't want to you know, say or pretend to be one of the first inventor of ever. But anyway, we have created this kind of, of, of network with this this currency because the idea at the beginning that's very interesting the idea at the beginning in that age 1994 uh, the idea was the, the most you know the, the strange thing the strange approach when somebody came the first time in front of the internet was wow is it all free because it wasn't normal at that totally. time yep. that content was free content was for, for was cost money. You can, you know, buy. Yes, television, of course, and radio was free with advertising. But everything else, you must, you you must be paid. We paid for it, of course. So it wasn't normal not to reach and have contents, news, and whatever without uh, uh, without a cost. And um, so the idea was to let people pay for okay. not far from from nowadays in some way. So let people pay for what they want to do, for example, chatting, uh, reaching some new, reading something, so gaining money, and spend money when they do something that we want they do, like, for example, clicking on a, a, an advertising or something like this. That was the idea, but it wasn't a real currency like Bitcoin, whatever, because every, it was like a game. So at the end of every single month, everything was resetted and everything starts again like a, like a game, like a race, I don't know, something virtual like that. It was a great experience with him. Well, that's awesome. Everything started from that. So you moved on from that. What did you kind of do after that? I found this attitude to be an entrepreneur. I've, um, I was in this um, environment with him, with the approach of an entrepreneur, and then in my family, my mother and my father uh, was entrepreneurs as well, so it was in my soul. And I have um, created um, a new platform. And uh, this platform name was Quick Wedding, and the Italian name was Matrimonial Line. This is the translation of Quick Wedding. Okay. And it was a tool to let people marry online, to get married online. Oh, so interesting. It, it, was, it was funny, no? It was, of course, without any legal value. But okay. Because people can introduce, can ask um, other people to get married with them. It was funny and was very successful um, because every, uh, most of the newspaper, newspapers sorry, around Europe 
uh, wrote about this, and I've sold these, sold these, um, these uh, like an exit. Today we can call it exit, but at sure, the time sure. that, that wasn't a clear definition. Uh, for uh, at the time, something like today, one million dollars oh, just to wow. go back to the age, not to translate in the current. Um, currency and value uh, or nowadays. So with that money, I've started to do other um, other companies, but unsuccessfully. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that's good though. I, I think that's kind of what I've been trying to promote too. Is people like their successes and their failures because I think a lot of people don't realize that people that have been successful still have failures, right? And I, yeah, I, I think I, that's I important that you brought that up. I know because from the failure you can learn a lot, and that's very, very important. And do you want? Do you want to maybe cover a couple of things that you learned that were really valuable from um, a couple of your failures? Of course, the, but it's, I think it's personal. Everybody, I think there are not. It's not possible to put this on a on a on a book on a textbook for everybody, like you know some author. Uh, usually do in the typical books that explain you how to succeed in life and whatever. I think it's very, very personal because it's related related on your personal failures and uh, sure. faiths. I couldn't and agree more. Case, yeah, in my case, it, the, 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 my errors was related to, uh, it, it, it seems everything's too easy to me at the beginning okay. because yeah. the first website was, this quick wedding, I've sold it for one million. Everything was easy. I'm, I'm a great guy. I'm fantastic. I'm the number one, and I can do whatever I want. And um, and there wasn't too much focus on my. Of course, at that day, when you're younger, it's very easy to be, to be, you know, to to failing because it's very easy to be distracted by other things. The first time you have some money in your pocket, you buy cars, you go outside, sure. you do many things, and um, I wasn't focused enough. And uh, I wasn't unlucky, in, in, on the other hand, because it was the age between 2001, 2000, sorry, and 2004, exactly the bubble, uh, <laughs> the bubble age. So after the, after the over-evaluation of the internet in the 2000s and 1999, that age, and everything's fall down in exactly in the middle of my investments, I have created this radio because my idea of a radio wasn't a, a radio, um, a live radio, but an on-demand radio because everybody in the internet is on-demand because everybody can download whatever they want in the time they want, in the place they want and whatever. But, uh, and I've spent a lot of money to create this content with uh, very famous people from the radio, from the sports, from different areas in these industries. But at the end of, after two years, I had to close it down because um, because no use not not no users because no investors and not nobody was interested in the internet anymore. When in between two thousand and two thousand four, everybody um, was scared about the internet. You cannot sure. say internet because it it means failure, and everybody thought that it was just you know an hype and uh, nothing important and uh, the rest. Then, as you know, as everybody know. Um, it was the age of, of course, a great raising of the international worldwide users. And then uh, um, Tim O'Reilly came up with a Web 2.0 definition in 2004 that describes exactly what was happening in the between, in the, in, the, in the meantime. And everybody discovered that maybe the Internet wasn't a, a successful thing, who knows, whatever, but 
a lot of many users came in the internet and everything restarted in 2004 and I had to restart it from the scratch again and uh, I have created some other small companies and other ideas and um, arriving of course to nowadays <laughs> sure so you're, you're you have a bunch of stuff going on I'm kind of curious to know what what you're working on now well um, I have many, many interests and uh, I don't want to stop anything, even if it's, it, it, it's, very, it's very heavy, of course, for my, for my life, for my daily routine, because I'm always busy in between of all these things, because I write books and I like it, because I think uh, it's very important to put on, uh, on, um, on, on a book. Uh, the concept that I acquired during my business life and sure. uh, on the other hand for example one of my passion now is to transmit I don't know if is the proper way to describe it but to um, talk about technology especially to people that are not um, yet in the internet and uh, there are in Europe of course we are less connected than uh, in US and we have, especially the olders, elders, are not connected too much. And um, that's a pity because it's a good age to use all this opportunity. For example, staying home and uh, ordering food uh, without going out, uh, talking with, uh, with uh, nephews and whatever. It's, but they don't understand it just because they think uh, they need some kind, of, um, some kind of knowledge. And it was like that till a few years ago, but now every single device has one button, just one button. So it's very easy to do this. So it's because, you know, I have to talk with their stomach and not with their um, brain. And uh, I am, I'm successful in that. And I like to do that social work in some way. And I do this in uh, the main um, television channel in Italy and in the main radio in Italy, so Rai 1, Rai Uno in Italy, and RTL, RTL 1025.5, that is, are the two main uh, media in Italy, and I'm very happy for that. I don't get too much money from that activities, of, of course, but uh, it's a real passion. So, and I wrote books about that for businesses and for people to have a better approach about this. And the books is the perf book is a perfect... Uh, the perfect medium to um, transfer this knowledge because they don't access the internet. So I cannot talk to them with my blog. I have to talk with them with a book. That's sure. perfect. So this is an area and I'm very happy. I like it so much, even if not much money comes from that area. But anyway, it's one of the most, for me, the most important. Then I'm an entrepreneur. So I, I run the different companies. But now I'm very concentrated in a specific area that is the um, petitions, online activism, because I think that uh, there is much to do on that. Uh, we are still uh, we are still in the past in some way, because as you know, online petitions without you know, doing or saying any specific name of any specific platform, but sure. everybody knows how many platforms we have now around on petitions and activism, online activism. They are still hanged in the old approach. So the old approach is um, the signatures collections. Yep. Because everybody thinks that um, 
it has a legal value, but it, okay. it doesn't have any legal value. So let's think about it. If it doesn't have any legal value, what's the value? Uh, the value is the value in terms of communication. So um, the, the approach is collecting many signatures and uh, making some media effects, some thanks to that numbers. That's the point. Uh, but I think that if this is the point, because they don't have any legal value, maybe we can reach that result in a different manner, in a different way. And because nowadays, today, we have many tools to have and to reach a media, um, to get the media attention. And um, so I've invented these mega shouts. The address is megashouts.org. Okay. Uh, okay. It's always, of course, as we know, under construction, in the meaning that we are, we, are, we are experimenting things, changing things. For example, in these, um, in these hours, we are changing um, in the, the interface with the mobile first, of course, because it was just a responsive um, interface and with not a good experience now, as you perfectly know, everything is moved on with a mobile first sure. approach. So we have changed that and because it's very important to do it in the proper way, of course, and mobile is so important. So we are now we are we have aligned the, the, the old version, but in a few days we are going to have the new one. And um, the thing is that there are many activities that you can automize. You can... Uh, do automatically because big groups can have access to VIPs. Big groups, I mean, like Greenpeace, for example. Okay. So they can things. They can. Uh, they have access to to a VIPs. They have access to um, maybe um, voluntaries that do things that you ask them. They maybe maybe have access to funds. They have access to social media activities because they know how to do it, and they have people that works for them. Maybe paid, maybe voluntary, that do things on the social network, on the Twitter, ask for retweets, and do many things uh, good for the campaign objective. But a normal people, or a smaller um, organization, or just a smaller cause, uh, don't have this opportunity, because it's just, you know, it's, it's smaller, or maybe it's big, because the cause or the objective is big, but the organization, it doesn't exist because it's a new issue, for example. And uh, mega shouts, the Mega Shouts propose approach is to give everybody uh, some auto automation that can automate uh, this process. So uh, practically, when you enter, you'll find a, like a wizard process. You start, the first thing you do is tweet. Okay. Tweet to the to the target because there is a decision maker that can receive a tweet from you. Of course, we don't spam in it, him because we don't like it. To our approach is very polite, very legal, so we don't want to spam them. It's not like a bombing. Okay, it's it's just to let him know that there are a lot of people that stands for this cause, and uh, so we distinguish. We just send him one message per hour, so we just. No filter, of course, or the mass of messages. Then the next step is to you have a list as a user. You have a list of VIPs that uh, are connected with our editorial team that connect peoples with causes and with, uh, of course, topics with some tags with that causes. So you have the opportunity to tweet to single VIPs that are related to that specific cause. And there is something that normally you can't do in a normal in a normal petition platform. 
Then the next step is, uh, of course, using all the other ways for free to, uh, to, to spread the message, like sharing on WhatsApp, sharing on, um, uh, sharing on Telegram or Snapchat or anything you can. And uh, then there is another area, very important area that is, um, of course, everybody knows that you can do all these things for free. But if you can get the money, if somebody can give you the money to pay advertising, to promote all these things, is another way to reach the result. And uh, we have a kind of crowdfunding platform inside, similar to other platforms like Kickstarter, the same system, that give people, give causes, the opportunity to get funds from people and uh, finance directly advertising on Facebook, on Twitter to increase the reach of the campaign. Oh, very interesting. And, yeah, and last, and, but not the least, and then finish to describe the platform. I'm sorry for the longest, but it, no, of no, course, it's, it's, good. Not few, it's not easy to, of course, to, say, to tell it in few words. And the last part is that um, to influence the media, uh, maybe you have to uh, create some kind of actions uh, activities that are offline, okay, physically, like uh, flyers, posters, uh, and other kinds of of, uh, of of advertising, typical advertising, maybe some some guerrilla marketing or whatever, everything legal, of course. And uh, you can collect the money to do that as well, because maybe, especially decision makers, sometimes are a bit old, and they are more, uh, they can recognize a problem when they see it on the street and maybe not when they can measure the reach on a campaign because they don't understand it properly. Right. So if something goes on the media because it's more attractive for journalists as well because for a newspaper or for a television, filming, filming physical actions is more as a more as an a different impact compared to an online number with 10,000 signatures. What does it mean? So that's what I'm doing. I'm very concentrated in this and I'm very passionate and um, I like it so much. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I, I think that's, I love the, the kind of giving back to kind of the community and the world. I, I think that's, that's super important. But I, I'm curious to know kind of how do you guys monetize uh, mega shows? Yes. Very, thank you for the question. So um, the first part is very, very easy and is to cut off the 20%, five, around 5% five depends on the country, goes to the payment system like PayPal, for example. Sure. So we just retain the 15% actually in our pocket of the money invested for this crowdfunding campaign. So this is the first way. And that's very interesting because for example, if a group, if a brand wants to create something more effective to get the attention of the media, and they put, for example, on the, they invest 10,000 euros, $10,000, sure. they can, they know that we will keep only 1,500, for example, but all the rest will be invested on, on online campaigns, on activities, um, people can decide and choose what to do, where to put the money, and they can put the money as well. So they can um, transform that money in an effective thing uh, instead of just uh, you know, using it in a different way. And uh, we just manage that money, keeping all that, just that percentage. Um, another way to monetize is, um, is the same way, old way, all the other platforms do, even the big platforms, uh, the most known platform in, um, in activism. Um, is giving, sorry, the clients, so it's a B2B business, um, 
model. And uh, they just uh, collect uh, users interested in a specific topic and they, um, with the, of course, with a clear policy privacy, with a clear fair relations with users, you tell them that that specific signing and participating in that specific campaigns means giving data, their data to that specific company that will contact you for their marketing purposes. Like, for example, uh, most of these companies are NGOs, so for uh, getting money for their causes or um, requesting, you know, some subscribing to their association or something like this. These are the two main business models. That they are smaller other business models, but I don't want to bore you too much. <laughs> no, I, I think it's interesting. So I'm curious to know how big your development team is. Well, interesting. I've started with another company as well. The other company is named Speakage. It's okay. still alive in 2004, exactly after the crisis, after my crisis, no? after that uh, time where I've spent all the money in that investment. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> Investments. And uh, this is just um, a, a typical, if, a, if you want to say, a typical website production programming agency. Actually, we don't accept any more all the typical uh, corporate websites, everything based on the graphics, on the sure. image. Yeah. We don't accept that kind because we are more focused on platforms production. So something that is um, behind the typical thing you can do with a ready-made CMS, for example. You cannot use WordPress to do something like I don't know, a big community. I don't want to say Facebook, but of course you need a bespoke platform. And we uh, don't have a, a normal, typical commercial activities. We just you know, attract clients because of our previous clients. And what, what SpeakAge do? And um, it's a very you know, boring <laughs> thing compared to, to, to mega shouts. But the, the most important thing is that in this way, I have um, an experience, a daily experience uh, and the daily connection with the needs of, uh, of the businesses and of the companies. And what the way I have um, created, the, the structure I have created to program and to produce, is having a, my own team in Russia, but 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, I founded this team and uh, with all Russians guys, uh, our guys that work for us are not uh, hired, is not an hired team. So day by day, we do... They do now because they are part of the company after 10 years. They do interviews for new people. It's just 10 people, not too many people. We are not big. But with this, these 10 programmers, we can do many, many things, especially because we have, uh, it's pretty technical, but you perfectly come from that area. So everything is based on Zend, PHP, and that's our main area of programming. And they are very strong in this. So I use my team that is speakage team, so coming from that company, to develop this platform. So sure, sure. Um, it's very important having something that you can directly manage. It's not internal, but it's like if it was internal. And uh, because um, the technical part of this communication platform is very important because you can provide communication tools only thanks to the technology behind them. You cannot just provide that kind of communication without the proper interaction, without all the things you need, because you need, uh, of course, a good, good user experience, you need good content, but you also need 
um, having a reliable platform with uh, servers that can you know, support heavy traffic and the code as well. And the code must be very light for mobile versions, small mobile $20 phones, and as well on, um, of course, uh, every kind, every type of configuration. And everything is, it's part of, is a gear that is part of the system. So if you broke, if you break, sorry, just the gear, small one, it's like a watch, everything stopped, everything hangs. And it's very important to take care of all the aspects from the basics of the small line of code of the, of, of the SQL query to the look and feel and user experience. Sure. No, I, I think that's super important to mention because I, I, I know a lot of companies, and especially startups, actually still do client work or, or in the same kind of boat you guys are in where you have a company that does, you know, work and then you also have these projects or kind of um, web products or services that you offer like mega shouts, right? Where it's it's not a, a necessarily a specific project, but it's time that you ded or dedicate your, your team to on like a weekly or monthly basis, right? And I think more and more people are kind of going to that route and then just seeing where it goes. It also makes for it kind of an interesting project for, for your team as well. And I've, I've found that we, we do some of the same kind of stuff where I work. And I found that works really well because sometimes people get kind of bored of doing client work and sometimes they get bored of kind of doing just like product work. So kind of having a mixture of that and having a team, you can kind of keep your people more interested and they seem to stay with you a lot longer. And if you've had people for 10 years, that's an incredible amount of time in this industry. Yes, yes. It's very important because you cannot miss anything. It's very competitive now. Everything is so competitive that you cannot go on the market with a product like, you know, something that is visible only on iOS and maybe some kind of browser and let's start up. You can do it, of course, if you don't sure. have resources, but you must know that it's not enough to be competitive or to demonstrate that your idea can work. Yeah, no, no, that's awesome. So where do you think you, you're going to go kind of in the future and, and what kind of things are on the horizon for, for you or, or any of the kind of things that you're involved in? Yes, yes. Well, um, I'm really in that now at the moment. I'm really on, on Mega Shouts. So I really think that Mega Shouts, I'm sorry for saying that, but no, no, we, it's good. You know, can conquest the world in the, in the, in the online um, activist market because I think it's a very disruptive tool. So I'm very in that and I want to change. Uh, the markets uh, and they want to improve the way everybody do the activism with this platform. So I'm very, very, very in debt. And, uh, and it, it, I'm sorry saying that because it looks like, you know, advertising. But when you have, when you don't have a B2B market and you have users, you cannot fake anything because maybe you can sell something that it not, it's not working to one, two, three, four, I don't know, clients. But if you have to, if your market, if your clients are thousands of people because it's a consumer market, you cannot pretend anything or that's a good product or it doesn't work and you cannot. So that's the point. That's what I see for the future. Now, 
Of course, it's very hard to choose because I still have all these other activities. I teach in university in London and still in Milan because I want to. I still want to have my the connection with uh, with my original country, and sure. because I'm I have this kind of activities like you know this digital evangelist that is only in, in Italy. I, I'm not that kind of. I, I'm not well known in, in UK for for these uh, these activities. And then uh, the public speaker, because I like to speak in public. I have a good speech with a lot of, you know, a lot of funny things. As of course, talking about uh, the technology, the communication, and marketing. So I love all these things. So I don't know what I'll do in the future. I'm really focused on mega shouts, but I still like everything else I do. Sure. No, I think that's awesome, and I think it's nice to kind of have a bunch of different things that you're passionate about that work on. And that, you know, kind of keep you interested and entertained. So I, I totally can relate to that. It makes a lot of sense. Yes, yes. And another thing is that if you want to be an entrepreneur in digital, you must study, study, and again, study. And you can't study too much because, of course, uh, you have 18 hours if you sleep six hours. And um, what, how, what can you do? Maybe reading books is not enough because if you read a book, it was written six months ago, totally. and it's not actual anymore. So what to do? Maybe you can study, you can always watch movies, um, uh, movies, sorry, videos on YouTube and TEDs and whatever, but they're already pre-eaten uh, pre, pre because it's something that comes later. So you need to be in time, you know, in the right place, at the right time. And I think that the only way to do is to burn your fingers, like Indian says. So being in the middle of something, manage everything, and uh, being in the center of the market. And the only way to do it is to experiment and also having the time to uh, rethink and, um, and put the things in line. And that's the reason why I, it's very important to me, university lessons, because every six months I have to rethink and rebuild the slide because it's not enough my knowledge. I have to transfer this knowledge. And to transfer the knowledge, you have to be very schematic and you have to be a clear ideas of what you are doing and what you are explaining. You cannot just say, I know what to do, and maybe you know it, but you have to transfer it. So it's very important to me to put the things in, in, in line, to having everything in order. And that's the way, that's the reason why university is important, speeches as well, and uh, writing books. So that activity is, it doesn't, don't give me much money, very, very little money, but it's important for my knowledge and for my culture, especially if I'm, I'm an entrepreneur in a very competitive market like digital. Sure, no, I think that's really good advice because you've obviously been in the industry for a long time and the fact that you're still kind of trying to be on top of things and learn new things. And I think it's super important because you're right. The second you kind of give up or, or stop kind of learning, you fall so far behind and, you know, you kind of just get ran over by, you know, the next generation or the people that are kind of outdoing it for you, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. You're right. No, that that's that's really good advice. So um, maybe let's close the show. You and I are both going to be at the Business Rock Summit in uh, Manchester in April and you're, you're a speaker. So um, maybe I'll ask you a quick kind of five questions. Just the first thing that comes to your mind, just, just say it. Sound good? Let's try. Perfect. I'm not prepared. So let's no, see no, what... it's good. I like it. <laughs> so are you a morning or night person? 
I'm a night person that is becoming a morning person because of the age. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. I know I have a daughter and I'm not really a night person or sorry, morning person, but I keep getting up early and earlier because some morning she gets up. So I totally get that. <laughs> How about uh, coffee or tea? Oh, tea, of course. Now yeah. I'm going to be British and I can only drink tea. <laughs> Favorite city in the world? Sorry, say it again. Favorite city in the world? Oh, London. Really? Work as well. So I'm in the middle. I don't know. I love New York, but okay. I know. Interesting. Um, Sorry. What or who is your biggest inspiration? I know it looks boring. Everybody says that, but it's Steve Jobs. I'm sorry. I don't have anything cooler. But <laughs> that, that's not that's not a terrible person. Yeah, no, I think that's good. He's inspired lots of people, and everybody uses his stuff every day, right? So, no, yeah. I, I think that's awesome. So maybe let's close the show, kind of promoting where people can find the stuff you're doing online. Um, any other yeah. kind of social media links that you want to promote? Yeah. So my. My social presence is on Twitter with Marco CC, okay. on, on Facebook with my name and surname. I have an English profile and I have, of course, a biggest Italian profile with all my videos, daily videos because of my approach, as I said, and, um, and my audience, Italian audience only. And um, my website, camisanicalzolari.com, that just contained my biography. I made this decision a few years ago now i'm gonna change maybe who knows and uh my email is marco at camisanicalzolari.com perfect and i'll post those in the show notes but marco thanks again for doing this i really appreciate it and i look forward to meeting up with you in a couple months thank you kevin look forward to meet you in person in manchester all right man all right you have a good one we'll talk soon thank you okay bye thanks for listening to the show the music for the show is done by electric mantra you can check them out at electricmantra.com. Until next time, keep building the future.